Welcome to the Hope. I uh, hope, hopefully, you're all doing good and uh, getting a little rain out there, which I think our yards needed it and our plants. Um, not so much if you're on a motorcycle, though, right, Phil and Vanessa? <clears throat> Sorry. Anyway. So it is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. How many dads do we have in here? Would you mind standing up? All right. Look at that. God bless all of you guys. Really appreciate that you're here today on your day, the day that we celebrate dads. And of course, we have another father, right? And we always want to remember him. So I'd like to just start with a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into this message. Would you bow your heads and your hearts? Father, we thank you again for being our dad, our Abba Father. Lord, I know that uh, Jesus loved the daylights out of you. And when he prayed, he always prayed to you. And Lord, that's what we want to do today. We lift up your name. Heavenly Father, have your way here today. We thank you for all the blessings, the abundance that we have, Lord, for the gifts that you've released into this body. Lord, we ask right now just to uh, be glorified in this place. Uh, just spur something on in the Spirit. Send the Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and just inhabit our praises today. Help us to be the people that you want us to be so that when we leave here, we're not the same. We're different. We're changed. Uh, Lord, we're even transformed by the power of God. And Lord, as I speak today, I pray you'd touch my lips with that hot coal and just speak into the hearts of each man and woman, boy and girl in this place. Those who are online, we want to welcome you as well. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for everything you're going to do, whether it's here or in the homes, and we commit this service to you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I said, I'm really glad to have you here today, and you know, this has kind of been a, like almost a three-week thing. I didn't plan it that way, but when I started this three weeks ago, uh, I got into some areas that I felt like were tender, you know, they're on the Holy Spirit's heart. And that's usually what happens is he starts to nudge me in a specific direction and then I, I realize, oh, that's you. <laughs> He's speaking to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who speaks to us? Rather than some lifeless idol, our God is alive. And he loves us. And he uses us in a good way. You know, we're his kids. How many use your kids, right? Do you ever have to do chores? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> God has you do things to help around the house so that you can kind of carry your own weight a little bit. And you should, boys. <laughs> Got the three boys down here on the end. Urgh. We serve a loving father, a loving God. And he has so much in store for his church. I believe on the earth as well as in heaven. So just bear with me today as we get into this. And the title of it's really quite simple. Yeah, Happy Father's Day. Be like the Good Samaritan. Now I talked about the woman at the well last week who was a Samaritan. If you were here, you knew that. I'm going to open today with Luke 10. And I'm going to start reading from verse 25. If, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 
Uh, I'll put it up behind me. It should be on your screen at home, and uh, we'll dive into this. And I'm, most of this is the uh, TNIV that I'm reading from today. Luke 10:25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, most of us are familiar with that part, right? Right? And we do that. You practice that, right? Or you tried to. Okay. And then verse 28. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. So we're seeing something here that the Lord's saying, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, if you do this, you will live. And what he was saying was, you're going to have everlasting life. That's to come. But he also said, Jesus said, I have come to bring you life and life in abundance. So both sides, heaven and earth, God wants us to have life. And if you're sitting on your couch or in your easy chair right now, God wants you to have life as well. This is something for all of God's children. But this is what I want to get at right now. He says, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And I just want you to think about that question right now as I talk a little bit about some background. So first of all, the expert in the law. Now this guy, he was a Sadducee, and he was from the tribe of Levi. Both the Levite and the priest, who we're going to read about here in this parable, they were both from the tribe of Levi. All right? Now, here's, here's what I want you to catch. The priest was always from the tribe of Levi, Levi, but the Levite was not always a priest. Okay? Because sometimes they had other jobs to do. There, there were things that they did behind the scenes. They were also the teachers. This man was probably one of those. He was a teacher of the law. So he knew the law inside and out, at least as far as his heart knew it. What's important to see is that the man who tries to trip Jesus up here, this is a sneaky question. He was trying to throw Jesus off. And twice Jesus identifies him, not as the good human being, but is the bad example of what it meant to be a human being. So can you picture yourself? I'm up here preaching about some known sin, and I'm, I'm, I'm directing, Bill, I'll pick on you. I'm, I'm calling Bill out, and, and Bill struggles with this sin, and I keep calling you out on it. How would you feel? You'd probably get up and leave, man. You'd probably, would you be upset about it if I called you out? I would think. So imagine this guy, he's the expert in the law, and here's this, this Jesus guy, and he's trying to say, look, this, these two men, 
the Levite and the priest, these guys aren't good human beings. Don't be like them. How do you think that expert's going to feel? On the inside, he's going to be... I know you never feel like that, right? You never get upset about what somebody does or says. That's what this guy's going through. Second, (laughs) this is a funny part. The good guy that Jesus uses in his parable is what? A Samaritan. Of all, I went into this in detail last week if you were here. Did the Jewish people like the Samaritans? No. What did I say? I said they'd go miles out of the way. Now, to us, 20 miles is nothing. You know, we've got a 200 horsepower engine in our truck or our car, and we can just, in 10 minutes, we're there. But imagine if you had to walk that distance. It's going to be a little more meaningful, isn't it? You must really despise those people if, if you're going to make that hike around them like that. So here Jesus is using these people that the Jews did not even like. And he uses the Samaritan as a good example. Can you see how he's kind of, he's just heaping it on the man, right? If I can, I believe Jesus was pouring salt into the wound. Have you ever felt that? Yeah? Does it feel good? Why would Jesus do that? Because a man's heart was hard, and he's trying to get through that hardness. He's trying to show this man, look, you got it all wrong. You're doing religious stuff, not godly stuff. And Jesus wanted to get a hold of his heart, just as he does us. So he uses the Samaritan as the good guy. So here's the big question. Who is my neighbor? Who's your neighbor? You ever drive down the highway and look off and lo and behold, you see a car with a hood up? What do you do? Hi. Bye. Most of us. I've stopped occasionally, but I'm I'm going to admit it. If it looks like they have a cell phone and they got it all covered, I'm not going to stop. Because why? I'm too busy. I'm going fishing. Whatever. Either one of those. That's two, two very important things. <laughs> Can you think of others? Neighbors? How about recently? I mean, we've had people sick. Maybe some of you have helped them. You've gone to their house, you've said, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Or you've called them. You know, the COVID-19 thing, keep your distance. But you've checked on people. And that, that's commendable, I just want to say that. That's being the Good Samaritan. Well, let's get into the story. Who is my neighbor? Jesus tries to help answer that question. Verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Uh Uh-oh. What I want you to see here, and I believe Jesus did this on purpose, this man that had been beaten, Jesus kept him anonymous. 
And I believe his, his purpose was to say, it doesn't matter who he was. You know, he could have been Jewish. He, he could have been a Samaritan. He could have been anything, anyone. That part wasn't important. What was important was he was a human being. That was what's important. The other thing that's kind of cool here is he talks about him going down, and, and from what I've read, Jerusalem to Jericho is downhill. There's an elevation drop of, I think it was 1,200 feet. So what Jesus, even though this is a parable, what he's describing is very accurate. And this area between Jerusalem and Jericho is also where it's really easy to rob people. So these robbers knew that, and they jumped on this guy, they beat him, took all his stuff, and left him for dead. Woohoo! I hope that's never happened to you. Verse 31. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. So again, we're starting to see this unfolding like I described it. But a Samaritan, and, and not just a Samaritan, but a Samaritan with a heart. Because Samaritans weren't any different than, than anybody else, all right? We're all lumped into this thing. We're all human beings. We all have our, our sides. Have any of you just felt ornery at all lately? Yeah, from the Snickers I'm hearing, yes. And I'd have to say the same thing. So this guy, when he saw this man, and the Bible says this, he had compassion. All right? As he traveled, he came where there was... I'm sorry. As he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And some of the translations say he was moved with compassion. That led to action, especially compared to the inaction of the two religious leaders. The Samaritan did it right. He had a heart. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and, and I meant to ask an RN in here to see if that would actually do any good, but I forgot to. So you'll have to figure that out. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. So this guy didn't just, hey, how you doing, buddy? Oh, okay, hey, it doesn't look good, so hey, see you later. Some of us would do that, because <laughs> we're too busy. We don't want to get involved, you know, that, that might get messy. This guy didn't care. He knew that this man needed attention, and he stopped and he helped. Verse 35, the next day he took out two denarii, which, as I understand it, that's the daily wage of a day laborer. So a whole day's wage is what he paid to have this man looked after. He gave them to the innkeeper, and he said, look after him. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. How many of us would do that? Which of these three men do you think was a neighbor, Jesus asked? The man who fell in the hands of the robbers, to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers. And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. 
So he scolds this guy in his own way. I loved how Jesus, when Jesus rebukes people, you don't even know you're getting rebuked. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just got rebuked. What am I going to do with it? When God disciplines you, there's a reason he disciplines you. He wants something to change in your life whatever that might be. The Holy Spirit is right there trying to direct you, but if you keep going back to whatever it is, back and back and back, and you know that thing's hurting you, (laughs) it's never going to get better. And we all need to understand this. When God says something to us, it's not just to speak to us that day. He's telling us things that are going to make us a better person. And not just for ourselves, but so that He can use us down the road where we can be a blessing to others as He's been to us. And I believe that that blessing always goes full circle. You bless somebody, it's going to come back. That's truth. I've seen it over and over and over. We call it uh, the law of reciprocity. When you give, it will be given back together. Oh. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, the Bible says. That's good news. Go and do likewise, Jesus said. Do what the Good Samaritan did, not what the priest and the Levite did. Why a priest and a Levite in this parable? They both would have had a high status amongst their own people. And from what I studied of these guys, the, their flock would have actually expected them to keep going. They would have held them accountable for that at all. They would have just said, hey, good job. Hey, high five. Good job ignoring that man. Some have felt that the two avoided the corpse because of death contamination. But as I said, they were leaving Jerusalem, so they weren't going to their duties. I didn't figure that out until I studied on this. So we know that's not the case. They were going home. It might appear on the surface, and, and this is something that I love about Jesus. It might appear on the surface that he was really trying to get this guy's goat. He wanted to make this man angry. But I believe that the opposite was true. I'm talking about the expert in the law. Actually, what I believe, and this is, Jesus was trying to get the man to see how his actions and his way of living were only superficial, man-made and that the Lord expected more from him because he was a priest. He should have known better. He was called to serve God and God's people. But this man served a religion instead. And when you serve a religion, it can become an idol, and the idol can take you away from what God wants you to do. When you're worshiping an idol, generally speaking, 
whatever that might look like in your life, it can take you away from what God wants you to, to worship, which is Him. It's so important to see this. One can readily see the heart, hard-heartedness of this man, but Jesus still tried to break through that hard heart. And you know what? Hopefully you know this, but He never gives up on us. Even though this guy, I mean, he was rough. And Jesus still tried to break through to get him to see the truth. Stop putting that barrier up when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And I know this is ministering to a bunch of us right now. Many in this room, many of you online, I think you do this. The Lord tries to talk to you, but you just do this. You know, I got my own thing going here. I'm good. And the Lord say, no, it's not good enough. I'm calling you to be somebody different. I'm calling you to step up to my level. I shouldn't have to always come down to you. Hello? But the church seems to think, hey, hey, come on down here, Lord. And he's calling us up to him. Can you see what, what I'm trying to say? Stop trying to bring God down to your level and get up to his. And you don't do that by serving religion. You do that by serving Jesus Christ as your Lord and his people. Amen. You can give the Lord a hand on that one. Just a final note, God seldom gives up on the prospect of redemption for anyone. It is the man or woman who deny Him and reject turning to Him. So if that's you, do a 180. Come back to the Lord while you still have time. Give Him your life, your heart, your soul. And let him do what he wants to do. Let him bring you up to his level instead of you always trying to get him to come down to yours. Now before anybody gets self-righteous, thinking, how dare that priest and Levite. And I, I had this, I kind of had that uh, feeling at one time. How could they have walked past that man without helping him? And then the Holy Spirit reminds me of several cars that I've driven past. I think maybe even one yesterday or two nights ago when, when you and I were out. Check your own heart at the door. In the Old Testament, the priests and Levites were always from the tribe of, tribe of Levi. I said that. But in the New Testament, the priests of God are those who call upon the name of Jesus. And I, I've covered this over and over, but I just want to say it again. This, this is addressed to you. 1 Peter 2, 9-10, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. He's talking to the church. This is us. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, 
But now you are a people of God. Hallelujah. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That last part, you got to get these two together. We are priests. The priests serve God. But this last part, once you receive mercy, so now you need to give mercy. We're all priests. We're all called to serve the Lord. In this parable, besides the Jewish people, Jesus was showing the future church that we are to see all human beings as our neighbor and we're to care for them. Whether we like them or not. Sometimes people aren't easy to love. You've probably met some of those. Cantankerous. Maybe they're drunks. Whatever, you know. You get around them and all they do is spit and sputter and cuss and swear. and <laughs> You just sit there and go, Really, Lord, do I have to? Anybody? Or am I the only one that's being honest? You know what I'm saying? We still, those people need Jesus more than most. Picture that person that I just described just like the guy that was beaten and left for dead because that's how that man is. That drunken neighbor... That, that caustic man who you don't even want to see when you walk out your door, but usually he's out there waiting for you to come out. Hey! And you're like, no, I just wanted a quiet day. That's like that. Because he's going to die, he's going to go to hell unless he repents. And turns his life over to God. I just heard it. I'm getting to that. Use what you've got. That's what the Samaritan did. He didn't do any more than what he had with him. He just did what he could, the Bible says. We're all priests. The future church must see their neighbor and care for them. All human beings are created in, and I've gone over this and over this, God's image. The Imago Dei. I didn't put it up this week because I thought you were getting tired of it. So as we saw in this parable, there were four men, well, I say four, there are four characters, I should say, that Jesus pointed out. Three philosophies of life and three attitudes that revealed whether the person was loving his neighbor. As I share these, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, which one of these am I? Am I going to be one, two, or three? The four men and their philosophies, and I've lumped the two together, the Levite and the priest. The robber's philosophy was, what you have is mine and I'll take it. That's pretty easy. Hopefully there's nobody here that would fall into this category, but you don't have to be a robber to be a thief. Hello? Yeah. 
The priest and the Levite, they had the philosophy, what is mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. Church, don't be this person. What we have, you know what? You use it, God's going to give it back. You hoard it, you hang on to it. If you're stingy with what you've been blessed with, you might as well, your life's going to be a wreck. Plus, it's so cool when you give, when you give, especially to those who can't give back. That's when the real blessing comes, in my opinion. That's my experience. And then the third one. The Samaritan's philosophy was, what is mine is yours, and what? I will share it. All right, we're Americans. My dad taught me, work hard, save your money, and someday you'll have a good life. And I lived that way. Most of my life, well, until I met Jesus. <laughs> and then it was really hard to hang on to stuff. <laughs> Too many needs. But it felt good to give. We need to realize this is our DNA. Jesus came and gave not just of what he had, he gave his whole life. So that we would have life. All of us in this room should do this. Another way to look at this parable is to look at the attitudes of each man. And this is minus the robber, all right? So the first one, I could care less, I don't want to get involved. Don't raise your hand, but how many would fall into that category? This is the result of a cold heart. One could even say the person has a hard heart. God wants to break that heart of stone if you let him. And I've got to say, you know, I, I kind of fall back and forth. I'm your pastor, but I have weeks where I feel like I get a hard heart. And sometimes it's from what I face in the ministry. Other times it's just me. And God comes knocking. Norm. That's actually the jackhammer. <laughs> you ever, we've got the giant woodpeckers, the plated at our house, and, and we've got more trees down this year because of the BVD disease, beech bark disease. And I'm telling you, these gigantic woodpeckers come in, and I, it sounds like somebody's using a jackhammer behind my house. I'm just thankful he's not munching on my house. But that's what God does to our heart. So when you hear that noise chiseling on your heart, just let them do it. Say, you, just yield to them. Just say, <laughs> chisel away, Lord. Right? Number two. The second way is, I don't care. I'm way too busy to stop and help. Oh, boy. Ah, this is me. There have been times as, as I've ministered in the church that church business has caused me to forget what I was really called to do. I just confess it right here. And that is minister to people. Doesn't happen often, but there are times when I've realized, wow, you missed that one. But I am human. It's hardly ever convenient 
when somebody's hurt. I don't know why. Why can't it happen when you've got that two hours blocked out in your day for anything goes? But no. It happens when you've got a list of ten things that you have to get done by the end of that day, and that's when, Pastor, you got a minute? And this could happen to any of us, not just pastors. I'm just using myself as an example. It's hardly ever convenient. But when we help those in need in those moments of inconvenience, and again, this has been my perspective, this is how I've seen God move, it has always equaled a greater blessing from Him. Not just for that person, but for me too. For me as well. We all must remember that this is never about the buildings, the church, but it's always about the people. Amen? Finally, the third way. I care enough to stop and do what I could do with what I have. What Andrew said. The Good Samaritan, he's our model. Jesus was using him as someone we could follow after. He's the one that all who claim to follow Jesus Christ should look like. Should look like. Again, he didn't do anything spectacular other than using what he had to help that man. We begin with compassion and that leads to action. All human beings are our neighbor and we should care for each one as the need arises. And here's something I just threw in. Jesus never judged people for their sins. He never said, wait a minute, you wicked and lazy person, you sinner, you committed adultery. God won't help you. I think that's my devil voice. <laughs> That's what he does. That's what he tells us. The devil tries to con condemn us, right? He tries to, to say things, in, he whispers sometimes, but sometimes he yells, God's never going to help you. You're too far gone. I don't like that voice. And Jesus is there. Come on, he's showing us his hands. Come on, I took care of this. It's done. It's under the cross. I spilled my blood for it. Don't be like that. Hmm. Jesus, instead of condemning them, befriended them. I was going to get into Simeon and Zacchaeus, but I'm going to keep going today. He ate with them, prostitutes and sinners, dirty, filthy people. We're all dirty and filthy people. I think that's what Jesus was trying to show this priest, this 
expert in the law. Man, you're just as filthy as they are. And you need me just as much as they do. And then Jesus prayed for them. That's what we should do. Conclusion. Which person best represents you? <laughs> what you have is mine, and I'm going to take it, the robber. I don't want to get involved, the priest. I'm too busy, the Levite. Or I'll do what I can to help my neighbor, the Samaritan. Which one best represents you? Would you stand with me? What could I do to be like the Good Samaritan? And I, I feel like this is a real challenge for the church, especially today. Because it's so easy to get riled up over the political atmosphere. My solution to that is just stop reading the news. <laughs> it's all horrible anyway. How many of you, when you read the news, your blood pressure goes up? I'm raising my hand on that. So I, I literally, I try to just skim it over and, and that's it, you know. All right, that's what happened last night. The world's still here. We haven't nuked ourselves yet. Not that that's going to happen. Jeez. Just seeing if you're awake yet. Jesus wanted us, the church, to realize that we need to look for ways to bless others and especially when it's inconvenient. Those are the most precious times. That's when what you do becomes a living sacrifice unto God. A, a form of worship, if you will. You know, we can come in here and, and we can, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I love you, Jesus! That's why I don't sing. That's why I don't lead... But that's not true worship. True worship is when you sacrifice something for Him. Whether it's time, energy, money, resources, whatever. And God looks down and goes, cool. Thank you. Thank you, son. Thank you, daughter. Thank you for being you. For being Jesus with skin on for being the good Samaritan. Don't be like the religious leaders who are too busy or too uncaring. They walked right by a dying man could have given a rip. Don't be them. Be sensitive, be compassionate. And be ready to take action. I think, I think Christians are good at the compassion part my experience. I think you are. But I'm not sure about the action part because I think that's why the Holy Spirit downloaded this into me this week. He's saying, look, you got the compassion part down. All right, You feel that empathy. Now it's time to do something with that. Look for ways to make others' lives better. And by doing that, you're serving Him. By doing that, you're honoring His holy name. Hallelujah.
Think about the last time that you saw someone in need, stranded along the highway with flashers going, hood up, too busy. Someone who needed a hand with a project they were doing, don't want to get involved. Someone who was sick and you dropped everything to help that person, that's some of you. I, I watched some of you during this COVID. I've, as your pastor, I've been so blessed to see when you folks have reached out to help others who couldn't help themselves. Thank you. And I know God is thanking you. Because you're doing, that's the Good Samaritan attitude right there. Hallelujah. Father, we stand here today not naked, we're all clothed, thankfully, but we're naked in the sense of our hearts. You know us better than anybody else. And I pray for every man and woman in this room and boy and girl, Lord, for those who are watching on live stream, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to us today and, and, and show us where we need to improve if we do. Maybe there are some in this room that they can go out of here today knowing that I bring God glory every day. I am the Good Samaritan. Hallelujah. Bless you. <laughs> With heads bowed, nobody looking around, could I ask, and you online, I, I, I'm just going to trust there are some of you that are going to raise your hand on this, but if you're the priest or the Levite and, and you're in this room today, would you just acknowledge that by looking up at me real quick? Hallelujah. Yep. Anybody else? Yep. Thank you. How about, there are any robbers in here probably? Nah, I won't go there. Hopefully not. How many good Samaritans are here today? Lots of hands go up. Bless you guys. Hallelujah. Maybe there's more than I thought. I was thinking all of you guys were a bunch of rascals. It's like Elijah when he said, I'm all alone. And the Lord said, no, you're not. I got 7,000 of you guys hiding. We got this covered. That's cool. Online. I just want to pray with you today, and then we'll close. Use your life, though, as a living sacrifice. Look at yourself that way. Everything you're about should be God-centered, God-directed, and if you'll let the Lord use you in mighty ways, oh, what can he do with us? What can he accomplish? Can he bring peace to our communities? I believe he can. You know, sometimes it just takes one little act of kindness. Father, thank you again for everyone that's in this room today. And I pray, Lord, that you would move on us and and. Not just today, Lord, but all week long. Strengthen us and help us to be that good Samaritan. Lord, if, if anyone here has a hard heart, if that's you, just lift your hand up so God can touch you. If anybody here has a hard heart, if that's you at home, you lift your hand up right now. Lord, I pray that you would soften those hearts in the name of Jesus. And if that's mine, Lord, use the jackhammer on me. I don't want a hard heart. I want a soft heart, a pliable heart, one that you can use, one that's sensitive to the things of God. Lord, do that with us today. 
And as we go about our week, I pray that we would see those who are in need, that we would see those who've been beaten, bruised, that we wouldn't just walk by them because we're too busy or uncaring, but rather we do what we could with what we have to make a difference in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, grow your church as only you can. Bring in the sinners, bring in the lost, bring in the sick, Lord. Or send us out to them, might even be a better way to put it, because that's the real church. Send us out in the name of Jesus and help us to be you. Help us to be the light. Now get everybody home safe today or whatever we're doing on our day. Those that are traveling, bless them. Loose traveling angels around them. Lord, I thank you for these people, all the good Samaritans, and those who weren't are now because they just prayed that they are. And Lord, we put ourselves in your hands. Again, we all pray this in the precious name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and everybody said, amen. That concludes my message. If you have a prayer need today, and and we haven't done this in a while, so I don't know if we're going to have a line out the door, but kind of remain socially distanced. Rosemary is going to come up, and Melanie, and you two are going to come up here and minister. So if you've got a, a need, uh, a physical pain or, or something, uh, they've been praying. Man, these, these folks have been coming in here, praying up a storm, interceding for this service for you guys all week. Take advantage of this. So if you have a need, please let these gals pray for you. God bless. Have a great week.